Welcome to the Wedding Business Owners Podcast, where our podcasts are late, but our bids are on time. I'm your host, Kevin, with JMW Fabrication. In today's episode, we have episode number two with Chris Rabit. We talk all about how he got his business started, how he started up a high-performance driving school for people with mobility problems, and the not-so-obvious problems of trying to start and run a welding business when you're in a wheelchair. I hope this helps some of you guys out and really hits home because I know a lot of guys think about what they're going to change in the new year and they want to go out on their own. Or if you're out there already doing it and you're hitting rock walls and you're getting a lot of no's, well, take it from Chris. He doesn't take no for an answer. And I promise you guys will see that in this episode. So go on Instagram, check him out, C-R-A-B-I-K-173. You can find the podcast at Welding Business Owners Podcast. And now you can find us on YouTube. We're at youtube.com slash welding business owners podcast. We've got some exclusive content that we haven't put out on the podcast yet. So go over there and check that out. While you're there, hit the subscribe button. It really helps people find us and get the word out there. So with no further ado, here's the episode. I never told anybody really that I built a new shop. It just spread Mm-hmm, where I got um, around yeah because i'm about 20 miles from where the old one was mm. and i don't have to advertise people just bring stuff by if i advertised i'd be so busy i wouldn't know what to do yeah now i'm just taking on jobs so i can start putting money into the malden property and build another another shop down there because <laughs> uh, you know i gotta store the cars and stuff yeah so <laughs> i kind of built one property to help pay for the other property Okay. And then whenever I'm more established at Malden with the new shop and the cars and I'll, I'll sell the shop that I just built or rent mm-hmm. it out, I'll probably rent it out. It's got a lift in it. Yeah. Uh, people like lifts. Heck yeah. So, and I've never had one. Uh, if you don't have one, get one. <laughs> <laughs> Every welder needs Wait, a, car, a car lift. <laughs> if you want to make friends, buy a trailer or a lift. Yeah, yeah, I've got plenty of friends. There's no problem there. <laughs> a lot of, lot of new ones. <laughs> so I, I just, but I really honestly did miss doing it. So when I, when I sold the shop, I took a job for one of my old customers, just doing their metal work at one of their shops, mm-hmm. and that was that was a pretty good gig. Made made really good money. Built some really kick ass signs and an elevator and all kinds of shit. But it's just working for somebody else. I don't know what's wrong with me. I mean, I probably, I made more money working for them than I ever did on my own. Mm. Didn't like it. So, and I was living in a camper, by the way, this whole time. I sold my house and, and, and finding anything wheelchair accessible is very, very hard. So when I sold my house, I bought a camper and I built a big metal ramp for it. That was all adjustable that I could set up and everything. So I had a fully adjustable steel ramp for my camper. Wow. I lived in that for a year and a half. Holy cow. Yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> it's pretty pretty shitty, actually. <laughs> you do uh, what you got to do to chase that dream. Oh, yeah. And I was saving a bunch of money living in it, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do yet. So if I had tried to buy a house or get established somewhere, I never probably would have had the drive to go. I just drove around to old airports until somebody said yes, pretty much. 
<laughs> and I got some really like, I've funny got this looks. Cr- crazy idea. <laughs> Hear me out on this one. <laughs> nope. Most people didn't even know what to say. They're just they go go down the go down the road. Go ask that airport. <laughs> and, and and Malden, uh, the old Malden Air Base, I didn't even know was there. And it was really it's a it's a big. I mean, there's seven runways there. It's a big airport. Wow. And it's still active. They still have two active runways. They do about 16,000 flights a year mm. uh, on the two runways they have going. But I, this was, and this was the last one. I had already got to every airport in the boot heel of Missouri. Everybody said no or just looked at me confused, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went to Malden thinking, well, you know, I don't care if they tell me no. People tell me no all the time. And he goes, man, that sounds awesome. Like, you know, we used to drag race out here on the airport in the 70s. I'm like, okay, these are my kind of people. Yeah. And it turns out they do private military tactical training there. These state troopers and sheriffs train there. Uh, there's a truck driving school there. So mm. it's already a training facility. Yeah. Just never knew it. Wow. So when I said, hey, I want a whole bunch of dudes in chairs, come out there and learn how to drive really fast. They're like, ah, oh, you're fine. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. I said, well, what does it take for me to do that? And you have to rent or lease a property like right there. And he, he surveyed off a little acre and a half. That's next to one of the runways. And he's like, oh, well, if you buy that, you'll have leasing rights to all the property. Here we are. Wow. Uh, I had to get FAA approval still. Okay. And uh, I don't know if they actually, it took six months to get approval from the FAA. I don't know if they actually read it. It's just government stuff probably just took a while. Sure. Probably better if they didn't read it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Wait, they what? <laughs> Who greenlighted this? <laughs> you know, but I, I think I can bring some um, some revenue to Malden. Malden's, it, it used to be an old, you know, Air Force training grounds from 1942 to 1971 or two. Uh, but when like federal mogul left and when the, when all the military left in the seventies and eighties, the town just kind of just like every small town that same story across the country. Mm-hmm. So the, the city mayor, he's all on board with it. He thinks it's a cool idea. Uh, so is the airport manager, industrial park managers. And we all think we can bring some revenue back to Malden so that's the whole point of this is me being able to train people in chairs that have nowhere else in the country to do this. Yeah. Cause this will be a one-of-one school. Yeah. Uh, there's some veteran based schools for hand controls, but you have to be a veteran. Mm. So my school is, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, you know, as long as you're not like an active criminal, you're, you're fine. You know, you're good. <laughs> gotta draw the line somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you know, if you're if you're committing a crime while you're here, you no don't come here. You know, <laughs> so I think it's going to be a mutually beneficial uh, school, kind of for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the city of Malden, the mayor is a big Star Wars fan, so am I. So he wants me to build some. I want to build a full scale X wing and Tie fighter, and have them mounted down at the airbase. <laughs> you know, that you, sounds awesome you'll go from world war ii planes to galaxy a long time ago planes 
Well, it's the same stupid shit I get myself into all the time. Yeah. I just say yes to everything. So, and one of the jobs I'm working on right now is a, I'm working on the, the princess Leia bikini from return of the Jedi. Oh, wow. I have to make a custom fitted one for a customer. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty you. Yeah. It's a pretty fun job, actually. <laughs> Sorry, you have to come back in again to fit this on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think you can relate. My my fabrication and sculptor brain took over. I don't even care anymore. I just want to make sure everything fits and get all the bends right and yeah, you know, to match both sides. Now I'm just interested in the metal work itself. And mm-hmm. but just one of those somebody say, Hey, can you do this? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like that's how a lot of a lot of the business owners that I talk to, they're like, Well, I didn't quite know how to do this, but I said yes and then I figured it out. Yes. You know, Google, Google and YouTube have saved Oh man, <laughs> me, how many times, but I can't even imagine how many other people it say their asses on, you know, saying, yeah, 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 I, I totally do that. Definitely. You got it. <laughs> and then being like, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> no, I, you know, and we grew up without that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we had to go to like the fucking library. Yeah. Right. But the never... decimal system. <laughs> You know, but how can you find, uh, like Princess Leia costume pattern, right? In in the library, <laughs> not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. So I think we're we're fortunate. We can, we have the ability to build whatever we want because all mm-hmm. the information's out there. That's why I think it's a bullshit excuse when people say they can't do stuff, because yeah. the entire, all the information in the world's in your hand. Yes. You know, so like, don't give me that shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You can't do it because it's not in your mind that you can't. Something I say to my son, he'll say, I can't do that. And I say, you know, whether you can or you can't, either way, you're right. So take it for what it is. And, you know, if you feel like you can't do it, you're right. You probably can't do it because you don't have it in you. But if you feel like, if you think you can do it, I believe you can. Absolutely. hundred percent. I'm trying to instill that in him now. You know, he's 15. He's a pain in the ass, but I love him. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we've all been there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember being the 15 year old. That was a pain in the ass. Yeah. I don't don't have any kids, but I remember being a pain in the ass for sure. (laughs) Now, is he welding and stuff too? Is he... He is actually. So um, I got him hooked on welding just a little bit, like when he was real young. And then, you know, every, you know, in the summertime when he's, when he's got off, we go, we go have shop days and we'll build cool things. So like, you know, he'll come up with this crazy idea. Like we built fidget spinners the other year when fidget spinners were a thing. We just, you know, take welded ball, like big old steel balls to like ball bearings. And they were just, you know, like just cool things that you could play with and, yeah. You know, we're big in the dirt bikes and quads, and I've got an old, uh, fully restored ATC 73 wheeler oh, that nice. is not, <laughs> it's good for nothing other than wheelies. Like, it doesn't go fast, you can't turn on it. And, um, so we decided to build a wheelie bar together. And so we, we took it down to the shop. Uh, actually, it was that shop. And, um, 
because our shop's on 23 acres and we keep all the, the toys down there so that, you know, like the other day, me and my foreman Dylan, it was like lunch break. I'm like, yo, you want to go ride dirt bikes? Yeah. So we, we rubbed around dirt bikes for 10 minutes on our lunch break, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> We're pretty That's fortunate fair. like that. But, um, but yeah, so Hunter has been, you know, he, he's got the welding bug. He like, he loves it. Um, he just, he's in, he's in 10th grade and he was up for like, so he, he wanted to go to tech school and there he was, he was in between culinary baking and welding, which are th like very different from each other. At least the welding part is very different from the color, <laughs> but like he loves the bacon. He loves the cook. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to sway him. I'm not going to impose. A, like, of course I want him to go to welding. And he knew that. Um, but I never gave him any crap about it. I never was like, you know, don't go to baking. Don't, you know, you should do welding, blah, blah, blah. I, Cause I wanted that decision to be his. And um, lo and behold, he's like, yeah, actually I really want to do welding. He's like, I really, I really enjoy that. So awesome. now he's, you know, they did a, a rotation. And um, so they got to try four, two weeks when they first started the school year, they did two weeks of four different careers of their choosing. And then he chose welding. So he's been in welding probably full time for three weeks now. Okay. And um, he's on, you know, they started him off on stick welding and he went from, well, he started on 6011. He's like, man, I freaking hate this. But now he's on 7018. He's like, ah, this isn't so bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I never hardly ever touched 6011s. Yeah. We like... we hardly use it. I mean, it's got its place, but, you know, we go through probably 200 pounds of 7018 for every one pound of 6011 or 6010 we go through. Right. Now, 6010 and 7018 was all I ever. Had old pipe fitter worked for me, and mm. he's like, "These are the only two rods you're ever gonna need." And he was kind of right. You can pretty much <laughs> he do, just about there, yeah. You know, root it with sixty ten cap with seventy eighteen. Yeah, maybe some hard facing thrown in there, and then some stainless rod. That's about it. Oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the rock quarry job. For yeah, you, putting uh, hard facing on all the buckets. So mm. eight out eight ten hours a night just. I would just sit in the install on the ground and just weld on. I put lights on my welding machine so I could go there because OSHA and MSHA wouldn't let me be there. Okay. So I had to go. I had a key. So I'd go there at 430. And after everybody's gone, <laughs> then I would go to the quarry. So wait, they won't let you in there? Uh, no, because I'm a, I'm a safety violation. Oh. Guy in a wheelchair at a rock quarry. All these big ukes driving around and shit. And I'm, you know, I'm four feet tall. <laughs> yeah and not very mobile <laughs> so they just figured that'd be the easiest way to kind of i'm also not going to say what the rock quarry name is uh <laughs> they are great people love them to death they treated me very very well yeah and i threw some lights on my welding machine so i could do it all night i'd be there by myself most of the time wow just on the just old pipeline yeah, 62 pipeliner <laughs> that's awesome man and the lights the lights on it were from my rally car because <laughs> <laughs> there was a time there i wasn't racing very much and i was too cheap to go buy lights so i just yeah just jerked them off the light bar off the rally car and mounted them on the side of the machine so, so you, you're just like you just don't let anybody tell you no no uh, yeah 
Whichever way to answer that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Uh... You're like, screw you and your rules. I can get this done. Just, just move out of my way. Just, just move out of my way. I, I don't know what other, I don't know what else to do. I grew up a certain way. My, I'm hardwired a certain way, just like you're hardwired a certain way. We mm -hmm. like what we like. And every alternative that was presented to me was horrible. Yeah. So I would rather work my joints to, to powder and to do all the stuff I'm not supposed to do. And cause I get more enjoyment out of that. Yeah. And, uh, I tried a little part-time office job this year, putting a driving school together for somebody else as well. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't do it. No, I couldn't sit at the computer and I just hated every minute of it. Wow. I put the whole school together in a couple months. Like it wasn't a hard thing. And all I could think of was, eh, I need to get back to the shop, back to the shop. But I mm -hmm. figured I was going to be smart and just do the shop part-time and then part-time this easy job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lasted <laughs> about three months. Yeah. And then I figured I'd rather be at the shop seven days a week. When did you build shop 2.0 and uh, what, what kind of stuff do you, uh, do you do there? Uh, well, I built it uh, March of this year and I'm going to do mostly automotive fabrication and sculpture work like, like signs. I love building signs for whatever. I don't know why. I think it's because everybody sees them. I, sure. I really like building signage. So, but I, I've, I've rebuilt some goosenecks. They are already, I've done a bunch of heavy shit. I'm not supposed to be doing. <laughs> so, but for, for people that I'm friends with or that were longtime customers, I'll still build, fix whatever they bring in. Mm -hmm. uh, they're my friends. I'll do whatever they need done. Uh, but mostly I want to stick with signs, uh, sculpture and car stuff. With basically working for your, you know, always having the mental, like the mentality of wanting to work for yourself or having to, what do you think is one of the biggest things that, what do you think is one of the hardest things that you've had to learn throughout the years of working for yourself? Uh, discipline. Okay. Uh, being willing to sacrifice going to the party, sacrifice going to hang out with your friends, mm. you spending time with family. Uh, it's just, I mean, I used to be, I was delivering stuff on Christmas Eve a lot of times. Wow. I, I missed all my family dinners for 10 years. <laughs> um, not all of them, but it was, but it takes discipline to do that. And the reason why I'm set up so good now and people think things just fall into my lap is because I made all those sacrifices and had that discipline for so many years. So when I ask for something or say, Hey, I want to do this racing school on an airport they won't find anybody that says I would be unreliable or I'm not able to back up what I'm going to do, mm -hmm. but it's the discipline. It's the hardest thing. You have to watch your friends have fun while you're literally grinding in the shop. Yeah. And that, that's kind of hard to do. Sometimes you, you want to go hang out with your buddies or uh, not always go to a family dinner, depending on your family, I guess. <laughs> depending which family it is. Yeah. <laughs> and which holiday, but if you don't have discipline, that's, it's the hardest thing. And the most crucial thing without it, you don't, you won't be successful as a business. Yeah. I, I don't sure. know how, I don't know how you can be without it. It's, 
you need that yeah. grit for when the times yeah. get tough. It just you just got to keep pushing through. Yep, and be used to people uh, disappointing you. Uh, just expect that shit's going to happen, mm -hmm. and don't throw your arms up and say it's the whole world's fault either. Take take responsibility, take accountability, move on, keep going, mm -hmm. and that's all part of discipline. You know, when I when I accepted the fact that I'm I'm in this wheelchair because of my own doing, it's it's nobody else's fault. I, I had her drive. I didn't wear my seatbelt. My fault. As soon as I admitted and took responsibility for it, my whole life changed. How long did that take for you? Oh, a, a while. Yeah. Probably six years, five, six years. Okay. Um, it was around when I started the business. Uh, I started in 2011 with the welding shop. So it was around then. I just... Just one day I said, well, fuck, I got to stop blaming everybody else. I'm not getting anywhere doing that. Mm -hmm. And rally car racing has been just, I can't stress enough how important it's been. That's why I have discipline. That's why I accept responsibility because I wanted to do it that fucking bad. Mm. Like I didn't care what was in my way. That's what I wanted to do. And I was going to do it. And it, it took, I saw my first rally car race in 08. And I started at a rally I helped organize uh, six years later, five years later, 2013. Okay. So in five years, it went from first ever witnessing it to being on the start line. And that's a lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, you know, but, but if you give yourself a goal that is more important than anything else, mm -hmm. you just, you know, because in that five years, it was also, the first time I've lived on my own since my accident. So it started off with the first time I'm living on my own in a different town, going to college, completely being, having to be self-sufficient like I used to be. So it was just a real steep learning curve. Yeah. And the, the steeper a curve goes, the harder you're going to fall. So you better, you better figure it out and stay on there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because yeah. once you set down that path, and, and get so far within a project you know that the crash is pretty hard if you don't succeed at the end so yeah you got to figure some shit out and <laughs> it, it was really good for me to figure all that out and like i said something in my brain broke i don't know why i like it so much it just combines everything i like i guess and so that's why i started the business that's why i ended up in a couple movies i went skydiving scuba certified um I flew a helicopter last summer, which that was kind of cool. Don't you need your feet for that? That's what they tried to tell me, fuckers. <laughs> I've flown a helicopter too. I think you need your feet for that. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what they said. And uh, I right, said, so I got to hear about this. <laughs> well, so I, I was driving around to airports trying to, you know, figure out a place to do my racing school. So I went to one airport that had a, a helicopter uh, flight school. Mm -hmm. so I, I pulled in there and i just i just looked at the guys and said hey i'd like to learn how to fly a helicopter and I'm like, well you can't fly a helicopter I'm like why i'm like all right tell me why I'm like why can't i it's like well the tail rotor's all foot controlled and i said dude i just put hand controls on a go-kart this is nothing <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looked at me funny and he pretty much just told me no and but one of the mechanics was there and he was kind of over hearing or listening on all this 
And he goes, well, let me take you out to the bay and I'll show you that. I'll show you what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he opened up the helicopter door. He was showing me the motors and I had never been that close to like the engines of a helicopter. And there's some cool, they're my favorite form of flight anyway. Yeah. It was, uh, I've been in a couple of helicopters, some for good reasons and some for bad reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> my neck was a helicopter ride. <laughs> and so I looked at the two feet and then I showed him a picture of my little racing go-kart with my little hand lever. And I said, I could put two levers on the yoke and there you go. There's that'll control the foot levers. Mm-hmm. And he goes, shit, that would work, but we're not letting you do that to ours. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he's like, if you can get in the helicopter by yourself, he's like, I'm a little bored. You want to go for a fly? And I said, yeah, I'm not, I said, is it going to cost me anything? He's like, no, you just, we'll just go fly over the Mississippi river and shit. And I'm like, well, cool. So we got up there, we're going over the river. And he said, here, take the oak. He's like, I'll do the foot. I'll do the rotor, but you do everything else. And he just kind of coached me and I flew over Cape Girardeau and over the river. And, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then when, awesome. I, when I landed, they reiterated, we're not doing this to our helicopters. <laughs> but he said, if you were to buy your own, we'll definitely teach you how to fly. I just got to go buy a helicopter now. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Don't go to that same bank that you talked about before. <laughs> no, no, no. I flew over that bank. That was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> My loan officer wanted to be a pilot, so we flew over the bank, and I texted him while I was up there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but but the point of that story is you just have to ask people, and you have to push people, and you have to just put yourself out there. Because mm-hmm. they, they go, well, why do, you, you know, why do you get to fly a helicopter? It's like, motherfucker, did you ever just go down there and ask them? Right. Did you ever talk to them? Did you ever show any? Well, no. Like, you got to go. <laughs> you don't get what you don't ask for exactly and you just got to show up a lot of the opportunities i've gotten over the years is simply because i was there you know I, I decided to go to some vintage sports car race in the middle of the ozarks and for 20 bucks they let me drive around the track in one of my cars for like an hour and a half you know <laughs> i went out there just to watch a, a race just because it was this four mile really awesome track in the ozarks they just built and between talking to people or like, hey give us 20 bucks you can go out there so i'm in my 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 is 300 with no helmet no nothing 90 miles an hour through this racetrack <laughs> you know and i couldn't get any of my friends to go <laughs> they're like oh that'll be lame we're not well, that's too far we're not gonna go so then i had a dash cam and i dashed i videoed the whole thing I said, see, if you would have came with me, yeah. you could have drove your car around the track for 20 bucks. <laughs> you know, but that's what I want to grill into people's heads. You know? Yeah. And I get told no a lot more than I get told. Yes. That's for damn I bet. I bet. I don't know. You can't force people to do things. <laughs> so with your, with your business, who do you think has taught you and or inspired you the most to do this to do everything about your business uh good question Uh, i hate to be cliche but my dad mostly really (laughs) yeah Uh, he's just where i got all my work ethic and stuff from uh he doesn't own any businesses 
he's a, a fisheries biologist. He studies fish for a living okay, and, and writes books. So he's a scientist. And although all that stuff was fun, we had a great, cool childhood playing in rivers and all this stuff. You know, dad wanted to research the river. I wanted to put a big fucking dam on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, build it with my hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so dad, he, he always taught me patience and discipline because even that he had a, a family and kids, he still got to the highest level of his career. You know, he's a very accomplished writer and he's, he's one of the best scientists for fish wise in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. People pay him to go travel around the country to teach them about their own fish that we don't even have here. He just knows all the stuff. Mm. But it's because he's disciplined and he'll 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 do what whatever it takes to get something done. And so yeah, without him, I don't know if I ever could have done it, honestly. Hmm. And then other work ethic was just from working with farmers and stuff all the time. You know, there'd be these 85-year-old men out there throwing hay bales and outworking 15-year-olds. Yep. And I'm like, I want to be like that guy. You know, that guy doesn't, that guy doesn't mess around, you know, when you started out with your business, um, the first time and now, well, did like, did you have a clear end goal in mind or was it just doing what you love? Um, the, the first time was build, build the rally car, build a race car. Mm -hmm. That was, that was the primary goal after the rally car was done. I didn't care. Uh, that was what I had, you know, up until that point, I didn't really develop a passion for metalworking. I, 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 that's not why I started welding. I just, I was seemed to be pretty good at it and people like to buy my shit. That's kind of how I started. But then the more I worked with metal and the more I realized the whole world can be built out of metal, everything metal is the most versatile material to build out of. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with it throughout that. So I, I raced for a couple of years and then I just wanted to focus on making the business more sustainable. So I'd have more time off uh, that with my surgeries that didn't happen. I was almost there too. I was just to the point where I was getting comfortable <laughs> <laughs> and that seems to how it always goes. Hmm. So my only real goal was to build race cars and or my own race cars. And then the, the passion, like I said, the passion for metal work developed through there. Cause then I started liking to do sculpture work. I like ornamental architecture. Like I went on your website and looked at some of y'all stuff. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. That is <laughs> Thanks, the man. coolest shit ever. It's my <laughs> favorite form. Um, it would be completely ironic if I built the spiral staircase, but I totally would. <laughs> Like, that would be really funny. <laughs> it's my it's my favorite form of stairs. If I had a favorite, my my dad's house has a wrought iron spiral staircase in it. That's awesome. So, and that probably influenced me a lot growing up. My dad's house is it's unreal. It's a six thousand square foot four story cliff house. It has two walkout basements, one on top wow. of it. So, like one's an actual cave. They walled off and built stairs to. And then one has a big glass wrap around in ground, like a walkout. Uh, but with the spiral staircase that goes up to another 
room that's held up by a bridge pier. The main floor is well, 4,000 square feet, the big balcony overlooking at it. Wow. So it was built by a really famous architect in Cape Girardeau. It was his personal house. So I was surrounded with ornamental architecture and unique building mm-hmm. my whole childhood. So every time I looked around, there was this beautiful big old brass lamp or uh, handmade stained glass windows or spiral staircases, or there was a bridge pier holding up part of the house. It was familiar to me. That's why construction I liked so much. It was just familiar. And I I liked it. And I watched my dad rebuild his house for the last 30 years. (laughs) He may be a scientist, but he's really good with uh, construction and building. Yeah. And never was trained in any of it. He just said, well, sure, I can tile a bathroom. Why not? So he bought tile, bought a tile saw, and it's some of the most beautiful tile work you ever see. (laughs) And he does genetic work on fish as a day job. (laughs) (laughs) So now you know where I get it from. Yeah. I think it's it's my dad. That's that's, that's interesting. It's funny because I've always had the mentality of, if somebody else can do it, then so can I. I just need to figure out the steps and the processes to do it. You right. know what I mean? Like it's not it's not that big a deal. Like they're not special. They're not wired differently. Like we're both human. They can do it. I can figure out how to do it too. Right. I I say the same things to my friends. <laughs> we can't do that. And I'm like, bullshit. Somebody else did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just can't figure out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't even know if that. I think people just—I hate to use the word lazy. I think intellectually lazy. Maybe not mm. physically lazy, but intellectually, they're just like, oh, I don't want to learn something new today. Yeah. Whereas just... me, I want to learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to learn a new different skill, or I want to get better at a skill. You have to have the mentality of wanting to be a constant learner. Mm-hmm. And then once you have that mentality to be able to always constantly learn, like there's like it's like a muscle. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. So yeah. and w- once you use it, it gets easier and easier to use. So your problem solving abilities, if you've never problem solved before, well, the first step is to go out and figure and watch a YouTube video on how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? The next time you're going to figure out, oh, you know what? Let me go watch a video on it. And then from there, it's like, oh, well, I learned this skill that kind of correlates over into this. And then kind of snowballs from there. So as long as you have the ability and the drive to be a problem solver, I feel like you can do anything. Well, that's it for this episode. Check back next week for the third and final episode with Chris Rabick. You can find him on Instagram at crabick, R-A-B-I-K, 713. You can find me at JMW Fabrication. Check out the podcast, Welding Business Owner Podcast. Find us on YouTube with exclusive content, youtube.com slash Welding Business Owners Podcast. If you like the podcast, give us a five-star rating on your podcast player because it really helps people find us. So until next time, get out there, get it done, and get it invoiced.